Welcome to the Karis Christian Center podcast. So go ahead and turn your Bibles to Deuteronomy 15. And I'm going to be sharing a message called The Lord's Release. And, um, and as I was reading through Deuteronomy, studying Deuteronomy, this uh, just really jumped out at me. I've never heard anyone preach on this subject before, the Lord's release. And um, when I first shared this message about six months ago, it really impacted my father. And um, he was so touched by it, and he felt God was speaking to him throughout the message to um, release um, a friend of his, a minister friend of his, of a debt. So um, he, he actually helped someone out uh, who was a missionary um, in South America who, who was facing a lot of financial crisis and actually loaned them $150,000 um, with them to pay it back over the course of time with no interest. But this person just, um, just due to a lot of factors wasn't able to, to pay that back. And God spoke to my dad and just said, you need to release that debt. And that's a pretty substantial amount of money. But he, he spoke to some of his advisors, spoke to me and Heather and my mom, and, and we all were in agreement, yeah, you need to, to do that. And that very night, he emailed that person, that, that missionary, and just said, uh, just God put on my heart just to release this debt. Don't, don't worry about paying back anything. It's, um, I'm just handing it all over to God. And once he did that, um, the, exactly what I preached um, came to pass. Um, in the, when we talk about the Lord's release, the Bible says as you do this, that God is going to uh, bring back supernatural blessing. And the promise is found later in Deuteronomy 15, verse 10. It said, the Lord your God will bless you in all your works and in all to which you put your hand. And um, over the course of time, just some really neat things have happened financially for the church where um, um, just in different members here at the church where, where that's been paid back. And I believe it's going to be paid back times seven. I prophesied that to my dad and another gentleman, uh, Kevin, back there, I think, prophesied the same thing, not knowing I said the same thing, that, that 150000 it's going to be multiplied back times seven. And God's doing it. Amen? So let's read here in Deuteronomy 15, verse 1 and 2. It says, at the end of every seven years, you shall grant a release of debts. I love that this was mentioned. It was supposed to be done every seven years. And I'll be talking a lot about, about freedom, about release, about forgiveness, just letting things go. But I love that, that there, it's a systematic thing. Like it's not just once you feel like it or just once in a blue moon type thing. We had a blue moon not so long ago. I guess they happen once. But, but you're supposed to systematically release these debts. And it says, this is the form of the release. Every creditor who has lent anything to his neighbor shall release it. He shall not require it of his neighbor or his brother because it is called the Lord's release. Say the Lord's release. Lord's release. And I just really see God's heart. Um, God, I see redemption even in the Lord's release. I love reading throughout the Old Testament, even throughout Deuteronomy through the law, because you see God's heart to, to release people, to set people free. Amen. God's heart is to see people completely set free. I believe that today is a day of freedom here at Karis Christian Center. I believe that today is a day of freedom for each and every one of you here today, a day of freedom in your spirits, in your souls, in your hearts, in your relationships, in your, in your destiny. I believe that God wants to set people free today. That is God's ultimate heart. He wants to see people set completely free. You know, Paul writes about this in Romans 6, and 23. It says, having now been set free from sin. Man, I'm so glad I've been set free from sin. 
And having become slaves of God, you have your fruit to holiness and the end, everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. I love what Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 5.21. It says, He made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. I saw this quote, and it's super powerful. I'm going to share it with you. If you're taking notes, you can write this thing down. Super powerful. It says, the only sin that Jesus ever had was ours, and the only righteousness that we ever have is his. The only sin that Jesus ever had was ours. The only righteousness that we ever have is his. And I think if you have a revelation of that, a revelation of who you are in Jesus and that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, there is so much freedom in that. You are free from sin. You're free from the wages of sin. You might deserve something, but you don't get it because Jesus took the penalty for sin upon him at the cross. And not only that, he was resurrected And that same spirit of Christ can dwell in you today. So we've been set free, but we've also been empowered with resurrection spirit of Jesus' power today. And man, God wants to set you free in your spirit. He wants to set you free in your heart. He wants to set you free from anxiety. As I was looking back uh, just at my life, just just thinking about all the, the freedom that God has brought to me. Um, And it started at an early age. I remember when I was just a young boy, I think I was just nine or 10, I dealt with a lot of anxiety. I remember just being in like the fourth grade. I remember kids in fifth grade talking about how hard math was. And I remember just thinking, just laying in bed, not being able to sleep at night because I I just was so worried about how hard, you know, math was going to be. And I was a perfectionist. I had straight A's. I wanted to just, I just couldn't fathom the, the, the thought of not being good at something and I'm just going to be defeated next year, and I just stay up just worried about it. But God actually spoke to me after weeks of just staying up half the night, just worried about something that I didn't even need to worry about. I remember once I got into fifth grade, I thought, why were they worried about this? This is not that hard. People just like to complain. When people like to complain and worry, be careful not to just let it affect you and just seep into you. But I remember one of those, one of those nights, God just spoke to me, and he spoke to me from his word. God often speaks to us from his word. Man, the word of God is so powerful. So powerful. You know, um, I I love that we we sing about the name of Jesus. And you think about how powerful the name of Jesus is. The name of God is. There's healing in his name. There's salvation in his name. There's authority in his name. But but God says this in Psalm 138, verse 2, that he has exalted his word even above his name. Man, I love that this church is a word church. All of our doctrine, all of our beliefs, all of our teaching, everything that we do, it's based upon the word of God. His word will stand forever. Heaven and earth might pass away, but God's word will stand forever. The world that's going to shake, there's going to be more shaking going on in the world as the coming of Jesus gets nearer and nearer. But man, we need to stand upon the word of God. God spoke this to me just as a young man. He said, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. I remember as a young man, my dad, he he would have me, he required it of me to read a chapter of the Bible every day. And I would usually read through the New Testament. Sometimes I'd read from the Psalms, but I loved reading through John. If you never really read through the Bible, start by reading John. Read read a, a chapter a day. There is so much life in the Bible. 
And I, I, I just remembered I was reading through John, and God just spoke to me, and he said, Aaron, do not let your heart be troubled. Just believe in God. Believe in me. And, and um, I, I, I've never dealt with anxiety ever again. I've had close friends. I've had professors who've known me, you know, going through difficult times, difficult situations, have seen me over the course of several years, and several of them have asked me, why do you never worry? And I say it's because the Prince of Peace is inside of me, and, and I know that, that, that I have supernatural peace. And I love that word that Michelle sang, you know, um, was, when she was singing, she shared that word about peace. Uh, God was speaking to me that same word about supernatural peace. And I think it flows with my message about the Lord's release, just peace over your bodies, peace over your finances, peace over your marriages, over your relationships. I think there's going to be just a breakthrough of, of freedom in this place today. So get ready, amen? God wants to set you free in your bodies. I, I love um, when Jesus was ministering. Let's turn there really quick, Luke 13. Luke 13, we'll start in verse 10. It says here that as Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bent over and could in no ways raise herself up. But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. I love that word, loosed. It kind of reminds me of the Lord's release. You are released. You are loosed from this infirmity. He laid, you just see his heart for freedom, his heart to release people from bondage. He laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. Healing glorifies God. Amen. Sickness does not glorify God. And people, people deal with various illnesses, various sicknesses. These are not from God. Healing is what glorifies God. But the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation. Indignation. A religious spirit. Certain things trigger a religious spirit. I've realized that there are certain topics that we preach from the pulpit here at Caris Christian Center that, 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 that cause indignation, trigger people. And especially, it's interesting, certain things that trigger, you know, um, religious people, but also very worldly people. You have to be careful when, when you're being triggered by the same things that very worldly, very woke, very ungodly people are being triggered by. If you're being triggered by the same thing, be careful. So, 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 so this healing triggered this religious spirit. Healing triggers that religious spirit. Um, Talking about prosperity triggers that religious spirit. Talking about authority in, in the name of Jesus. Talking about who we are in Christ can trigger that. It said he was indignant, filled with indignation, because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, and he said to the crowd, there, there are six days on which men ought to work. Therefore, come and be healed on them, and not on the Sabbath day. Then the Lord um, answered him and said, hypocrite, Jesus was not a politically correct person. The church should not make it a goal to be politically correct. If you have come to Karis Christian Center for any given period of time, you'll realize that we're not always politically correct. Hypocrite. 
Does not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or donkey from the stall and lead it away to water it? So ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham. I love that he says she was a daughter of Abraham. Jesus cares about the daughters of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jesus cares about the sons of of Abraham, Isaac, and God has a heart for the Jewish people. He has a huge heart for the Jewish people, and we see it all throughout the Bible. All throughout the Bible. And and anyone who is pro-Hamas right now needs to have a major reality check. God has this to say about, about what is happening in Israel today. He spoke through the prophet Zechariah. In Zechariah, we see more prophecies of the Messiah than any other book in the Bible. We also see this prophecy concerning Israel, concerning Jerusalem. Zechariah 12, verse 2. I will make Jerusalem and Judah like a cup of poison to all the nearby nations that send their armies to surround Jerusalem. Jerusalem will be a heavy stone burdening the world, and though all the nations of the earth unite in an attempt to move her, they will all be crushed. In that day, says the Lord, I will bewilder the armies drawn up against her and make fools of them, for I will watch over the people of Judah, but blind all her enemies, and the clans of Judah shall say to themselves, the people of Jerusalem have found strength in the Lord of hosts, their God. So I I am very glad that the United States of of America is an ally to Israel. I am very glad that a certain former president actually moved the embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. The United States States of America is the only superpower nation with an embassy in Jerusalem. There are just five nations out of 91 with embassies in Israel that have made their embassy in Jerusalem. I, I actually, God really put this on my heart two and a half weeks ago, just three days before Hamas um, just, just unleashed this attack of terror on the nation of Israel. Just, just two and a half weeks ago, just three days before this happened, God just put this word on my heart about how we are ambassadors for Christ. And as ambassadors, we have an embassy. We actually own land even in the midst of a, an outside world. As believers, as ambassadors for Christ, the, 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 the soil that you step on, you own it. You might be in the midst of an opposing people. You might be in the midst of a very anti-Christ area, but, but the, the land that you touch as an ambassador, you own. We own American, there is legally, there is American soil in Jerusalem. There's something very cool about that legally, very cool about that politically, but also super, super cool about that spiritually and prophetically. I'm so glad that even though, you know, President Clinton promised to move it and didn't do it, President George W. Bush promised to do it and didn't do it, President Obama promised to move the embassy and didn't do it, but President Trump... You can like him or not, but he was the first president to actually fulfill that promise to move the the American embassy to Jerusalem, to really ally himself with with Israel and say, we believe in you as a nation. We believe if you say this is your capital and want us to put our embassy there, we will do so. He did not have a fear of man, a fear of the Muslim man, a fear of terrorists. We're going to honor our allies. And and, and God is going to continually honor the nation of Israel. 
And there, there will be, but God, God is doing awesome things. God spoke this to me yesterday. Several years ago, I prophesied that there would be just massive revival happening in the Middle East, specifically with Muslim people. There have been just, 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 just tons of revival going on in Iran. I'm very glad that we support a ministry that actually smuggles Bibles into Iran. They smuggle them in by donkey over the mountain passes between Iraq and Iran. This ministry actually hired drug smugglers. They produce opium in Iran, and these drug smug- smugglers take, take, you know, by donkey over the mountains, take, take opium into Iraq. But um, this ministry somehow happened to, to make a connection with these people. They were going back with empty donkeys into Iran and said, hey, we will pay you to, to put this you know, on your donkeys as you go into Iran. So they have smuggled thousands upon thousands of Bibles into Iran. Super cool. There, there's, but, but God spoke to me that, that, that he's going to be stirring up revival amongst Arab people in, in Egypt. I saw a fire going on in Egypt. I think there already is a lot of revival happening in Egypt. But I saw the fire just skip over and go to Jordan. I believe there is going to be revival going on in Jordan. And just um, Israel is going to be surrounded by, by revival. And what, what Paul wrote in Romans 11, 11, that he would, um, with, with Gentile peoples, with other peoples, provoke the nation of Israel to jealousy. They'll see people coming to Jesus, see just lives being transformed, people being transformed, and people, there is going to be revival in Israel as well. The gospel is going to be preached like never before in the nation of Israel. But, but mark my words, there's going to be just fire stirred up in Egypt, fire breaking out in Jordan. And, and, um, and God, God cares, he, he's opening up just hearts, their hearts in unusual places all around the world opening up. Man, people out of, out of every people, out of every nation, out of every tongue, we'll all be singing these songs that we sang today here at Christ, Karis Christian Center. Worthy is the Lamb who is slain. Blessing and glory and honor and power and strength be unto him forever. Amen, amen. I need to get back to my message here. Luke 13, sorry for my little prophetic side note there. This daughter of Abraham, should she not be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath? God's heart is to release people, release people in their bodies from sickness, release people in their their spirit, in in their, their life from sin, from the power of sin. God's heart is to release people. And I believe that today is just an awesome day of release. I believe that that many people here today, you're going to see, I need to release some things myself. I've been holding on to grudges, holding on to unforgiveness, holding on to hurt, holding on to, to just junk. And, and um, Christians need to be aware. We need to, we need to release things. Man, the, the, in, in Hebrews, the Bible says, beware lest these roots of bitterness spring up. Sometimes I see people kind of fall apart over something small, you know, maybe have a personality clash against someone else at the church or and I think, well, hopefully they get over it. But then a year later, I see some little thing that happens, and it just triggers them. And um, man, man, you need to systematically release grudges, release offense, release. Just set a time. Today can be that time. I'm going to release, release just this petty nonsense. Maybe it's some big stuff too. But when you release even big things like this person hurt me, this person betrayed me, this person lied to me, God cares. But when you release it, say, God, I'm going to give it to you. 
I'm not going to seek them to make it right. I'm just going to give it to you. Man, God will, will pay back much better than you can possibly imagine. He's going to pay you back with peace, pay you back with joy, even pay you back with finances. I remember when I was 24 years old, I, I um, kind of stepped out in faith for the first time in a big way concerning finances. I had just finished my master's degree at Rice University in Houston, and I, I believed God. I told my dad, I'm believing God that within one year, all my student debt is going to be paid off in full. I didn't know how it was going to happen. I didn't have a job. I, I didn't have anything lined out. I was just in survival mode, but I... I, I Texted that to him, I wrote it to him, and I said, within a year, it's all going to be eliminated. I had about $30,000 in student loan debt, and um, I just had no, no practical way of paying it back. But um, I remember um, right after I finished my master's, I um, was going to be away for the summer and then come back to Houston and just try to find students to teach, you know, start taking auditions for orchestras and applying to doctoral programs. And, um, and before I left, I, I found someone to sublease my apartment to. My apartment was um, just $650 a month. And um, I remember um, this, this young woman, um, I don't know how I found her, but she agreed to sublease it. She paid me for the first month, and then I had a written contract with her. She was supposed to pay me for you know, month two later on, month three later on. And um, I was in uh, Breckenridge, Colorado that summer playing with an orchestra. And um, when at the end of month one, she contacted me and said, you know, there, there's bugs here. Um, you know, I don't know if I can live here. And I just said, well, contact. There's bugs in Houston. If you've been in Houston, there are bugs everywhere. It's not like living in Carter Springs. There's just many bugs. I told her, you know, if it's an issue, like the, the apartment ownership will take care of it. And I contacted my, you know, apartment owners. They said, you know, we'll look at it. There's really, they didn't see anything going on. They even sent an exterminator who, who took care of things. But, but she was just freaking out and ended up, um, either throwing away all my furniture or stealing it and just, you know, moved out. And uh, I couldn't put in another renter there. So when I got back to Houston, I was $1,300 $1, in the hole from where I thought I should be. And I just believed God, you know, even professed. And I'm stepping out in faith, believing for this. And I'm, uh, you know, $1,300 down. And I was really mad. I was thinking, you know, I'm going to find this woman. I'm going to take her to court. Justice is mine, saith Pastor Aaron Purdue. I wasn't a pastor yet. But um, I, I was, like, watching Judge Judy, like, figuring out what, what is it, like, when I take this woman to court, what's it going to be like? And, uh, um, and God just spoke to me, and he just said, you just need to let it go. Just release this, just, just release this debt. And, and it's, like, eating me up. I was so mad about it. Um, God just really spoke to me and said, let it go. And um, I, I did. I just let it go. And God said, I'm going to pay you back. I didn't know how he was going to pay me back, but God said, if you let it go, I'll, I'll take care of you. Don't worry about it. I'll pay you back. And I did. And um, you know, shortly after, I, I, I like had no money at all. I was barely doing anything. I, I um, was sleeping on an air mattress, eating the cheapest of whatever I could find to eat. I'd eat like spaghetti with just the noodles and the sauce and no meat. And um, uh, uh, I was like trying to find... Um, Free stuff on Craigslist. Just I need to find a bed. I found a free bed. I found a free couch. Found a free desk. And um, I kind of realized like I could find free stuff and start selling it. So I started just finding people's junk for free and, and just listing it on. And, and um, but something happened because I tapped into the Lord's release that whatever my hand touched, even if it was someone's junk they're just trying to get rid of, I could turn it into money. Whatever my hand touched was blessed. So I started making money, just taking finding free stuff to sell. 
And then um, when I was going to someone's um, place, because they were, they were moving away, getting rid of some stuff, I saw that they you know, had advertised like a watch that they had wanted to sell. And it, I looked it up. It looked really nice. It was like you know, $500 if you bought it new, but they're selling it for $200. So I thought, well, maybe I'm making some money selling free stuff on Craigslist. Maybe I'll buy myself a watch. You know, every now and then you need to treat yourself. Right, so I thought I'd treat myself to a nice watch. And um, the guy had already sold it, so I got on eBay to try to find one. And I found one for 100 bucks. And um, God actually kind of led me into to, to buying and selling watches. I'd buy, buy things kind of cheap on eBay and sell them for, for a little bit more. And within a year's time, I was buying and selling 100 watches a month, making on average $100 per watch. So I was making $10,000 profit a month. So after about a year, I made 100 grand in profit. I paid off my you know, $30,000 in debt. As I was kind of making money, my dad um, told me, you know, make sure you save some money because you're going to have to pay some in taxes. I didn't realize how much it had to be, but after you know, a year of making 100 grand, I, you know, I, I gave the government 30,000. Those were government loans. So I was writing my you know, checks to you know, Mr. Stafford, Mr. Perkins, whoever these government loans are, giving them money. and then. And then uh, I had come to pay my taxes, and I had to give the government another $30,000. And that's the day I you know, registered as a Republican. And um, <laughs> a, few, a few years ago, this is kind of funny, just another little side story. I'm going like a rabbit trail on a rabbit trail on a rabbit trail. This is. Any, any future pastors out there, beware of this. It's like a dream within a dream within a dream. You don't even know where the reality is or what you're really preaching. But I'll... A few years ago, uh, I think it was at um, Biden's inauguration. Yeah, it was Biden's inauguration. There's a picture of Bernie Sanders who um, you know, had promised to, to forgive loans. I didn't really care because God helped me pay him off anyways. Uh, but Bernie Sanders was just sitting there, like, really angry with his, you know, blue face mask on. And people, like, cut that out and put it in different, different you know, scenarios. Became a popular meme. But we had a, a water baptism night, and Heather made a, you know, uh, a little announcement for it and had a picture of Bernie Sanders being water baptized here in our <laughs> baptismal. And I, I sent it to my brother's... Uh, and uh, my brother Andrew thought it was hilarious, and he said, anyone who your dad, who, who our dad baptizes, comes out Republican. And, uh, <laughs> Anyhow. All right, back to, back to my message, Sean. I, I, gotta, I gotta rewind a lot of rabbit trails here. Right, we're talking about the Lord's release, right? That's why, that's why I told you all the Lord's release, say it, because you can remind me of what I'm preaching on today. The Lord's release, Pastor Aaron. Man, I, I think today just God's going to help a lot of you just release stuff. And, and for some of you, you've been holding on to small things. Some of you might be big things. Some of it might be financial things where someone should pay you back. And, and I, I believe that as you tap into the Lord's release, there's just going to be incredible blessing that comes into your life. And... Um, I think even, uh, just God's been talking to me a lot about marriages. I think there are going to be marriages that are just, as you release stuff. In marriage, you have to systematically release things. And it's not every seven years. <laughs> you might not make it to your number seven, you know, if you don't release stuff. For me, it's every day, every night. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. So by tonight, you need to release some stuff. 
And just, just it's, it's like a, God gave me this picture of, of hitting the refresh button on the browser. You gotta hit the refresh button. You gotta just reset, refresh. I'm not gonna hold this against them. Like I, I, I'm releasing this to the Lord. Like God, I don't know why I'm married to this person. You, I'm gonna trust you. But I, I'm, I'm releasing it. And just, just see, just see the supernatural peace, the supernatural blessing, the supernatural promotion. And God will make things right. He will make things right. And um, what, what, the, what the devil tries to do is try to get you to focus on lack, try to get you to focus on, on just people's shortcomings, on your spouse's shortcomings. But you got to look at what you have, at the good things that God has placed within your hand. This is one reason why people have a hard time releasing is because they're just looking at people's shortcomings, people's inadequacies, people's failures. And um, um, man, there's just a lot of that in the world today. A lot of this, this you owe me. It's owed to me. I'm owed this respect. I'm owed this whatever. I'm owed this money. I'm owed this compensation. I'm, uh, it's, it's a spirit of entitlement. It's a spiritual thing, and it's creeped into the body of Christ. But we are not to have a spirit of entitlement. We're, have, we're, we're actually to have the opposite. Paul said, I'm a debtor. I'm a debtor to the Jew. I'm a debtor to the Greek. I'm a debtor to everyone around me. I'm not, I'm not owed anything. That, that spirit of entitlement, man, just, just release things and see what God does. See what God does in your life. Let's go to 2 Kings 4. Second Kings 4, and we'll start here in verse 1. I want to talk a little bit about supernatural debt release. It says, a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, saying, your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that your servant feared the Lord, and the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. So Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? It wasn't a very compassionate question there. What shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? He's asking her, what do you have? He's trying to get her to focus on something. What do you have? Like, and she was in a very desperate situation. You know, her just complete lack, complete, complete uh, loss, complete just, but what do you have? I believe that God's asking many of you today to look at what you have. The enemy tries to get you to focus on what you don't have. I've seen some people with tremendous blessing, but the enemy just gets them to focus and focus and focus on what they don't have. It's the same trick. The, the, the devil does not have any new tricks up his sleeve. Ever since Adam and Eve, since the Garden of Eden, the serpent, he tried to get Eve to focus on lack. You're not really like God. Even though he, you are created in his image, you're not really like him. And, and, and like, look at that one tree that you can't eat of. And for, for Eve to, to go to that tree, that tree was placed in the center of the garden. She had to walk back, walk past provision, provision, abundance, abundance, grace, grace, God's, all of this, to go and look and focus on that lack. 
The enemy does the same thing in relationships, tries to get you to look on people's shortcomings. He does the same, same thing in the body of Christ to get people stirred up and offended and bitter and just constantly triggered. Look, look at, at what you do have. So um, Elisha said to this woman, tell me what's in your house. And she said here in 2 Kings 4 verse 2, your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. She had this one thing, this jar of oil. And some of you might not have much going on in your life, not much going on in your house, but what do you have? Do you have that jar of oil? That oil is, is, is a symbol, is representative of, of the Holy Spirit, of the anointing of the Holy Spirit that, that brings freedom, that breaks bondage, that breaks debt, that breaks depression, that breaks anxiety, that breaks addiction, that breaks strife, that, that brings you into freedom. She said, I have nothing but this jar of oil. Then he said, go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. And when you have come in, shut the door behind you and you and your sons, then pour it into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. Set aside the full ones. So he was saying there's something else we see here. You need to look at what you have. Secondly, the miracle of overflow. The miracle of overflow, it takes place in your hands. Your hands have to release things. You, you with your heart, you have to release grievances, grudges, offenses. You have to release debts, this, this feeling of entitlement. You have to, with your own hand, release things and trust God. When you release it, you're saying, God, I trust you. I trust you that you're going to make things right in my life. I don't know how it's going to happen, but I'm going to continually and systematically release this junk and keep trusting in you. I'm not going to be entitled, but I'm going to be a debtor. I'm going to be here to serve other people. It's not about what's owed to me because you've given me more than I can possibly thank you for. The miracle of overflow takes place in your hand. We see that principle all throughout Scripture, especially concerning finances. I kind of find it funny when people, you know, they, they say they don't want to work. I'm just, I believe that God is going to bless me, and I, therefore I quit my job. And I'm not going to do nothing. Your hand has to do something. I'll bless what your hand touches. It might be getting free stuff off of Craigslist. It might be working at McDonald's. It might be working at Walmart. It might be volunteering at church. But your hand has to do something. Amen. Jesus had 5,000 hungry people. So let's feed them. What do you have? Well, we've got nothing but five loaves and two fish. Give it to me. He broke it, blessed it, thanked God for it. He wasn't saying well, we're, real, we're really struggling here. There's a lot of hungry people, and I'm worried they're going to try to run me off a cliff here. No, he, but he, he, he gave it to his disciples, and the miracle of overflow took place in their hands. The miracle of overflow will take place in your hand, just like this woman here and her two sons. So verse 5, 2 Kings 4, verse 5, it says, So she went from him, shut the door behind her and her sons, who brought the vessels to her, and she poured it out. Now it came to pass, when the vessels were full, that she said to her son, Bring me another vessel. And he said to her, There is not another vessel. So the oil ceased. That, that miracle of, of, of 
uh, of supernatural debt release, that miracle of uh, that overflow. Say overflow. God has created us to live in the overflow. We're to live off the top of the barrel, not the bottom of the barrel. We're to have an overflow of finances, and that, that, that subject triggers religious people. Just like, like, like that, that subject of healing triggers that spirit of religion, the spirit of fin- you know, finances triggers people. But my Bible says this about finances. It says in Proverbs 13, 22, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. Too much of the body of Christ is, is debt-driven, debt-focused, debt-motivated. It's, it's actually a very worldly thing just to be constantly in debt. But we're not to be, we're, we are to, to invest. I love this church. The, the, the day we walked into this building, this building was paid off. And now we can, we can invest in the gospel all around the world. It's not just about, can we keep the lights on here? We're thinking beyond ourselves. We're thinking of impacting countries and nations and, and generations after us. We have to be investment-driven, not just debt-driven. Amen? Have, have an overflow mentality. So it says the, the oil ceased there. The reason why it ceased wasn't because God was done doing the miracle. Just her capacity to receive it was done. God, God's, God's grace, his miracles, it, it, it's not limited upon him. That, that, that miracle of the, the anointing oil, it wasn't limited. God was not the one who limited it. It was her capacity, the, the, the amount that she could take. And probably after she, she filled these vessels up, she was saying, man, I wish I had gotten some more. It says, she came and told the man of God, verse 7, and he said, go sell the oil, pay your debt, and you and your son shall live on the rest. You're to live off that overflow. And she had an inheritance for her her sons. I believe that they had children that that, 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 there there was an overflow there, right? Kind of before, I'm going to close here in a minute. But I, I just believe that, that, that they're, they're, God's heart is for just breakthrough, for freedom in this place today. He wants to free people's hearts, just free you in your, your, your mind, your will, your emotions, just all, in every aspect of your being, in your relationships, in your marriages, just in your attitude, just in your heart, even towards him. God wants to just set people free today. And, and I believe that as you tap into the Lord's release and just let go of, of things, let go of grudges, let go of grievances, let go of offense, let go of, of even, even where some people may owe you financially. And you say, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it over to you. If you're speaking to me, I'm just going to let you take, take this thing and let you make things right in my life. I believe that there is going to be supernatural blessing that occurs. Just, just multiplied blessing where, where there, there will be an overflow in your life. And like maybe you've just been just, just dealing with strife in relationships as you just release stuff. Release past hurts, release. I'm not saying what people have done to you is wrong, but I'm just saying as you release it and give it to God and say, God, I'm going to move ahead. I'm going to give this to you. I'm going to give this person to you. I'm going to give this situation to you. I'm going to give that hardship to you. I'm going to give 
Just wait and see what God does in your life. I, I believe this blessing is for today. This blessing attached to the Lord's release is today that we see in Deuteronomy 15, verse 10. Because for this thing, the Lord your God will bless you in all your works. Say, all your works. And in all to which you put your hand. I believe that God wants to have supernatural blessing in your finances, in your bodies, in your health, in your, in your career, in, in your relationships, in your, just in, in your overall just attitude towards life, that, that you're going to just be off the, living off the bottom of the barrel. But you're going to just have this overflow in your life, this overflow of blessing. But I believe a lot of it is attached to, to what you do, what is in your hand. Thanking God for what he has given you, the good things he's given for you, and, and those things that haven't worked out where you just release it and say, God, I'm trusting you. I'm going to release this. I'm, going to, I'm not going to just have this sense of entitlement, this sense of, like, I'm going to make everyone right. But, God, I'm just going to trust you. Other there's just going to be supernatural overflow, blessing, and, and joy, and just in your life. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Karis Christian Center podcast. If you would like to receive prayer, product, or more information about the ministry, go to www www.karischristiancenter.com or call us at 719-418-4000.